are Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Eagles fans? Welcome in to another edition of your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. It's the Lockdown Eagles podcast, as always, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you guys so much for making Lockdown Eagles your first listen each and every day. I am your host, Louis DiBiase. This is a Thursday edition of the show. Guys, it's episode number four this week of five. Download it into your phone wherever you get your shows, and we're available on YouTube as well and on Twitter at LockdownBirds, at DiBiase, L-O-E, at GC24 underscore football. This episode of Lockdown Eagles is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm loving it, guys. And what I'm not really loving is this matchup on Sunday between the Eagles and the Lions. The Lions are 0-7. The Eagles are 2-5. It's crossover Thursday. We're going to preview the game anyway, although you're probably not super excited to sit down for this one. Although maybe you are. Maybe you're dying for a win for the Eagles. They have not won a game since the Carolina Panthers matchup three weeks ago. The Eagles head into the week. Um as a favorite in Detroit. And so maybe you are excited to watch the football game. And although you could be excited, it might not be for a win either. Maybe you're cheering for a loss because the Lions right now at 0-7, the Eagles at 2-5, the Lions win that game on Sunday. And then at that point, the Eagles are only a game back for the number one overall pick. So I guess it really depends on what you're looking for based on what you want long-term. Depends on what you want based on your excitement level. I think either way, if you want an Eagles win or a loss, there should be a lot to watch for in this Sunday matchup between the Eagles and the Lions, and it is crossover Thursday. So in segment two and three, I'm going to sit down with Locked On Lions host Matt Derry and talk about the state of the Lions, preview this matchup, and kind of relate to the other team because I feel like the Eagles and Lions are in a very similar situation, right, where both teams are kind of in year one of post-franchise quarterback life. The Lions ruined Matt Stafford. He finally wanted out. The Eagles ruined Carson Wentz. He wanted out. And so now they have guys in Jared Goff and Jalen Hurts that have had potential to be franchise quarterbacks in the past. Both teams aren't sold on them, though, so far. And neither guy has really convinced their team that they can be the replacement for Matt Stafford and Carson Wentz. So there's a lot of similarities to this team. And why I'm excited about potentially losing this football game Some of you out there might be excited because you finally have a chance at a pretty convincing win for the Eagles, but I'm excited because I feel like there's an opportunity here and a potential loss, and you never want a team to tank. You never want a team to be in disarray and lose, you know, three, four, five games in a row, but for the long term, the Eagles have a rare opportunity this year when it comes to the 2022 NFL Draft. And losing to the Lions this week would go a long way in their pursuit of getting back to what they were in 2017 and to a certain degree at the end of 2018 and 2019. So if they can, I mean, they have a very rare opportunity sitting with potentially, and it looks like it's going to happen, three first-round draft picks next year. 
if the Lions beat the Eagles this week and they're only a game apart and somehow the Eagles can catch Detroit for that number one pick or they can even, even if you finish one or two, if you can get ahead of Detroit for the right to take that top quarterback in the 2022 NFL draft, whether it's Malik Willis, it's Matt Corral, it's Desmond Ritter, whoever you think it is, the Eagles have a rare opportunity this year to not only be in prime position to take one of those guys without having to give up assets like they did in 2016 when they had to jump up twice to grab Carson Wentz, not only do they have the opportunity to just take that quarterback without giving up draft picks, but they also have a rare opportunity to then use two other first-round picks this year to build around that quarterback and a second-round pick. How often does that happen where a team is picking at the top and they're taking you know, Jared Goff, or they're taking Carson Wentz, or they're taking... RG3 to go back when Washington gave up all those picks or even like, you know, just in general, Baker Mayfield at number one overall, like Trevor Lawrence last year, Zach Wilson at number two. How many times does a team have the opportunity to not only take that top prospect at the top of the draft based on just draft order and their position from the regular season, but also have a ton of assets to build around them? Normally it's one or the other. And if you don't have that prime draft position, you have to use those assets And that's why it's one or the other, because you have to go up and get them. Whereas the Eagles, yeah, you might be dying for a win right now to stop the bleeding. But to me, the bleeding is not going to stop until you get another quarterback. And until you build this roster around that quarterback better than you did Carson Wentz, better than Detroit did Matt Stafford. And so if you can catch Detroit and be picking ahead of them, and you can get your pick of Willis or Corral, whoever you prefer, or Desmond Ritter, but I think it's clear that Willis and Corral are ahead of him. They're in Tier 1. I think Ritter's at the top of Tier 2. If you can get your pick of those two, and not in 2016 have to hope that LA doesn't pick Carson Wentz, and then you have multiple other first-round draft picks to build around that rookie quarterback, that's a rare luxury to have. And so for me, the players are never going to tank. But like last year against Washington... I'm rooting against this football team because I think it's for the best for the football team. It doesn't make me not an Eagles fan if I'm rooting for Detroit this weekend. To me, it makes me more of a fan because I'm willing to put up with the short-term misery for the long-term benefit of this franchise. And I'm excited, honestly, to see that opportunity in front of them. And honestly, what's best for them short-term right now might not be what's best for them long-term. It might be better for them to lose this game on Sunday. They're favored. I don't think they're going to lose the game. I think they're a better team than Detroit. But Detroit fought their ass off against the Los Angeles Rams last week. And the Rams are one of the best teams in football. So it's going to be a close one. We're going to preview the matchup coming up next with Matt Derry of Locked On Lions. Guys, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. And ladies and gentlemen, I want to give a shout out to some of our sponsors before we kick off this crossover Thursday. This episode of Locked On Eagles and Locked On Lions is brought to you by McDonald's. Proudly serving communities since 1965, McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect, a place where classmates can meet up for a study group, knowing they'll have dependable Wi-Fi and endless supplies of French fries and McFlurries. The pies are good as well. I'm a big chicken nugget guy. Or give me just the 
classic cheeseburger or a McChicken. Win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team, or the away team can come to recharge. It's the place you always look forward to stopping on a long road trip to rest your legs and refuel. I was driving home from Boston this past weekend. Me and my buddy Brendan, where do we stop? McDonald's. I got a cheeseburger. I got a McChicken. I plugged in a podcast and I headed home from the place that hosts the team the Eagles beat in Super Bowl 52. So head to your local McDonald's today to refuel and connect. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. Guys, today's episode of Lockdown Eagles is also brought to you by Rock Auto. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto, their prices are reliably low for every customer, and they have everything you could need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Rock Auto is a family business and they've been serving do-it-yourselfers like yourself out there for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your baby, your car, or your truck. We know how much some of you guys love your cars and trucks out there. Make sure at rockauto.com you write down Locked On in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know that we sent you Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. Crossover Thursday, as we talked about, folks, it's time to talk about Louis DiBiase's Philadelphia Eagles, Matt Derry, Locked On Lions, Louis D, the host of a Locked On Eagles on this crossover Thursday as we get ready for Sunday's game at Ford Field. Lou, what's going on, bud? Hey, Matt, what's going on, man? A uh, long time no talk. The last time these two teams played in 2019, the rosters look very different, right? But at 2-5 and five and 0-7, oh and I guess the NFL really does stand for not for long for a reason, you know? <laughs> no question about it. Tell me what's going on in Philly. Uh, you know, I saw this Nick Sirianni comment yesterday, a flower growing. That can't, that can't go over well in Philly right now. No, it's not going over well. And although Sirianni, I think it was with, you know, good intention, his comments, it's about growing right at two and five right now. You know, the wins are not coming, but Sirianni was talking more about developing this roster step by step, day by day, you know, trying to grow in 2021. And that really was what the season was all about. Nobody really expected this team to come into the season as a Super Bowl contender or really even a playoff contender. It's about the long term. It's about the rebuild and developing the young players you have on both sides of the ball. But just the delivery and just the timing of it was just, to me, not a good look. And especially in Philadelphia, where there's just so much frustration in intensity right now with the way the last year has gone and you're watching guys like Carson Wentz and you know former core pieces like Malcolm Jenkins as well thrive elsewhere it's a high intense moment right now in this franchise's history and so comments like that it was with good intent Matt but at the same time timing is everything and I feel like he probably could have used a better analogy for that one for sure what what's the story with Jalen Hurts and how do you think he's playing so far I think Jalen Hurts is playing exactly the way I expected him to play coming in. He seems to me like the exact same player that he was at Oklahoma, the exact same player his rookie year, and the exact same player that most NFL teams had a you know late day two, early day three grade on. He's somebody that can make plays outside of structure, really good mobility with his legs. He likes to push the football down the field, great leadership, a great overall personality that you want to root for has shown that he's good in the clutch as well. That calm demeanor really helps in those areas. 
he has some key traits that you really can see and you really need in a franchise quarterback. And you're like, man, I wish because of those things that are pretty special, we wish everything else would come along. But the development, especially in the passing game for Jalen, just has not been there. All the same issues that got him benched for Tua at Alabama that made him a second round pick. Um, that last year made him a backup. All those same issues in the passing game, Matt, really have kind of stayed exactly the same this year. Unfortunately, there have not been any big steps in development. And so if you're on Eagles Twitter throughout the last couple of weeks, there's a lot of draft talk and there's a lot of Matt Corral talk and Malik Willis and Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson because Hertz hasn't been able to silence those discussions with his, you know, his um, play for sure. So overall, I think Hertz has been okay. He's not the main reason you're losing games but he's not the QB one. That's the reason you're winning games. He's not, you know, a value, or I should say elevating the team the way a franchise quarterback should. Lions banged up on the secondary. Before you came on, I talked about Jerry Jacobs, a quick update yeah. for, for my audience is that he's feeling better and that he tweeted out that it's just a minor illness thing, but the lions just have no cornerbacks left. So, but this is a young receiving core. Is it not? And, and who should scare mm-hmm. the lions when it comes to that wide receiver group? Yeah, I think Devontae Smith is the obvious answer here. 406 yards on the year through the first seven games. The 2020 Heisman winner is on pace to have over a thousand yards. And honestly, I feel like although he's been really impressive this year, Matt, he hasn't even scratched the surface, really touching that ceiling. You see a guy like Jamar Chase touching or Kyle Pitts. And I think a lot of that has to do with Jalen Hurts holding him back, not making difficult throws and not giving Devontae chances down the field to make plays. But I think Smith definitely has shown that he is wide receiver one in Philadelphia, the best receiver to me they've had in a very, very long time, the most complete even for a rookie. So although I feel like he's not being fully maximized in this offense, a lot of it because of the quarterback at the same time, the lions do need to worry about Devontae more than anybody in this football game, especially with running back Miles Sanders out for a few weeks, they're going to throw the football. They were a pass heavy offense more than maybe any team in football before Sanders got hurt. And now that Sanders is down, it's going to be a lot of Devontae Smith, but also keep an eye out for Quez Watkins, the second year receiver out of Southern Mississippi. He has shown to be one of the fastest receivers in football. And each week, it feels like he's having a couple 20 plus yard receptions. He leads the NFL right now in yards per catch. So I would say Watkins and Smith, those are the guys Detroit really needs to worry about. Yeah, I heard you mention him yesterday on your yeah. show, Louis DiBiase with me from a locked on Eagles. Matt Derry locked on Lions. All right, this defense is a mess. You got seven players calling out the the, these young coaches and the coordinator. Uh, What's that all about? Yeah, no, I think right now the defense is a mess, Matt. And uh, the stat that's pretty telling so far this year is that the defense has allowed a quarterback to complete eighty plus percent of his throws four times this year, whereas the rest of the NFL, that's only happened seven times. Jonathan Gannon, the Eagles' new defensive coordinator, his strategy is to prevent big plays, and that's working. The Eagles have given up just six completions of 20 or more air yards this year, third fewest in the NFL, but the issue is they allow everything else. There's no middle ground. Anything under 20 yards, the Eagles are giving up, and they are just methodically, offenses are just methodically driving down the field they're allowing an NFL high 79.6% of throws under 20 yards to be completed. And that's an issue. Defensive tackle Fletcher Cox, arguably their best player in defense, kind of called out Gannon this week saying he doesn't get paid to play screens. He gets paid to go after the quarterback. And there is just not a single aggressive bone in this defense's body right now because Gannon is just so afraid to get beat. And especially with a quarterback like Jared Goff, who I feel like 
doesn't really play well against pressure, you should be going after this guy. And I just, Matt, I doubt that they're going to do it. Just the way Gannon has refused to adjust. I can't believe I missed Jim Schwartz uh, based on the last two years of my criticism on the podcast. But Matt, I kind of miss Jim Schwartz. <laughs> I miss, I miss Jimmy handshake. He was, uh, yeah. fun. he was a lot of fun here with his fist pump yeah. acting like an idiot, but, uh, all right, give me a minute on Darius Slay. How's he playing? Darius Slay has been great this year, and although they're not asking him to do as much as the Lions did or even the Eagles did last year, Jim Schwartz had Slay covering wide receiver ones all year, shadowing top playmakers for opposing offenses. Gannon's not really having him do that as much this year in that soft, you know, cover two zone defense, but at the same time, Slay looks like the top tier cornerback that he was for a long time with Detroit when they're playing man coverage. Uh, he, I was at the game a couple weeks ago against Carolina. He had two interceptions in that game, kind of won them the football game. He looks as good as ever. And the Eagles have been desperate for cornerback play at that level. They really haven't had it going back to, I would say Asante Samuel in 2009, Darius Lee has been great. And that's the frustrating part. Like Fletcher Cox, Darius Slay is one of the best players on defense and they're just not maximizing his strengths. They're not using him enough. This is a defense that I would understand you use when you have, you know, inexperienced, not very talented, you know, cornerbacks. But Darius Slay to me is a top tier guy. And I wish they would let him go shadow top receivers more. And because he's having a great year. All right, there's Louis DiBiase from Lockdown Eagles, Matt Derry, Lockdown Lions. Let's uh, flip this thing over and yeah. talk a little bit about Detroit and what we're doing. Here with this 0-7 football team, we'll do that coming up next. And Louie will uh, grill me on some questions first. BetOnline.ag, we're back and better than ever. The best place, folks, to bet on the games. Thursday night football tonight. The games over the weekend. World Series back at it tomorrow is BetOnline.ag. Their number one spot, your number one spot, for all the basketball, football action this season. Hockey as well. Wings playing well. Flyers. There's always money on the Flyers. Do <laughs> BetOnline. .ag. Head to your uh, head to the new updated desktop or mobile website today and sign up, and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKDOWN, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, to receive your bonus. Basketball, football, baseball, postseason stuff of the World Series, NHL and more. Get it all at Bet Online. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, everybody, welcome back in. It's Crossover Thursday. I'm Louis DiBiase, host of the Locked On Eagles podcast. He's Matt Derry, host of Locked On Lions. We are previewing the Sunday matchup between the Eagles and the Lions in Detroit. The Lions 0-7 on the year. The Eagles 2-5. and And Matt, I kind of relate with Lions fans. I feel like both teams are in year one of this post-franchise quarterback life, if you will. You know, Matt Stafford now in L.A., Carson Wentz in Indianapolis, and it's kind of tough to watch, right? Both are thriving in these new environments, and it's tougher to watch because you kind of know, I feel like at least personally with Philadelphia, I don't know what you think about the Stafford situation with the Lions, but it's tougher to watch because you know your franchise didn't really do them justice with the situations they put around them, and now they're featuring quarterbacks in Jared Goff and Jalen Hurts. Although they have optimism and they gave those guys opportunities to be the long-term QB one, I don't think either franchise really was all in on those guys replacing Stafford and Wentz. No, and, and, and you know the biggest thing with, with the Matthew Stafford situation is he wanted out, and mm-hmm. the Lions granted him that. And it's been a nice story, like you said. There's plenty of Lions fans that are that are happy about this, rooting for him in L.A. But the bottom line is. He's in just a much better situation with the Rams. He wanted out. He got 12 years here. He was never great here. 
Um, and, and, you know, some people say, oh, here comes Matt Derry again with a hater routine. I'm not hating. <laughs> he was very good. Jared Goff, Louie, is awful. And <laughs> that's, that's a major, major concern. I knew he wasn't very good. I figured maybe he'd be better than I thought. But he's not good. And he's not the future. But in this game, check down Goff against a team of the Laos check downs a lot. Right. Maybe, just maybe, uh, he has a good game. He's due to have one. He's a good leader. He's trying hard, but he has not played good football at all. Yeah, I think that's the difference is Matt Stafford, I think, put up with it longer in Detroit than Carson Wentz did. It's why fans in Philadelphia don't really love Wentz. I think the way Lions fans respect Matt Stafford right now because Wentz did request a trade this past offseason. But at the same time, I think both players were probably better than they looked because of their situations. And now I think both are having pretty solid 2021 seasons. For Jalen Hurts, Matt, I talked a lot about it in segment two, how he just really isn't taking that next step and, you know, convincing the Eagles they don't need to use those three first round picks next year to go either trade for a quarterback or draft a quarterback. So you talked about it. Jared Goff not really having a good year, huh? I mean, what should the Eagles expect? This defense is allowed a lot of yardage this year. Should they be concerned about anything on this Lions offense? Like, what are we going into the Sunday matchup saying we have to stop blank? Well, Detroit. That's the thing. I mean, you're, you're going to have to be aware of TJ Hawkinson, the tight end, and the two backs, Jamal Williams and, and DeAndre Swift, are playing pretty good football. The, the run mm-hmm. game has been okay, been much improved. Passing game is non existent. And if it gets to third and nine, third and 10, third and 11, the Eagles will likely get off the field. The Lions just can't convert. They can't throw the ball downfield. They can't convert on, on those big type of third downs uh, unless it's Swift on a screen. Jamal right. Williams out of the backfield shakes a tackle. Um, so the Eagles, the way they their, 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 their defensive philosophy is, and what you're telling me, is if they wrap up and allow a short gain, they should be okay. Goff just is not a threat down the field, and the receiving core is terrible. So mm-hmm. that should be an advantage. Philly, you mentioned Slay, and I'm sure he'll want to come home and, and, and do well, although his, his disdain for the Lions franchise was mostly centered around Matt Patricia. Uh, but yeah, this offense just is not very good. And, uh, they, they play hard. They try Panay Sewell's improving at left tackle, a big V Vitae, the former Eagle has played well at right mm-hmm. hard, but there's just not enough material on this offense to really carry them to 25, 30, 35 points in, in, in a game. Yeah, Matt, I think with what I want the Eagles defense to do is dare Jared Goff to throw down the field and not let him take the easy yardage and say, look, we're going to make it harder for you. You're not going to get those easy looks. And I, I was going to say, I feel like that should be the advice for Detroit as well. I saw Carolina do this a couple weeks ago, uh, Tampa Bay as well with Jalen hurts. When it comes to defending hurts, I feel like the Lions defense should play up at the line of scrimmage. The Eagles run so many screen passes, you know, RPOs, you know, reverses behind line of scrimmage, you know, short completions to get these receivers in space with that speed. And because Hertz can't really make the tough completions, if I'm Detroit and I want to know what you think about this, I'm daring Jalen Hurts to make the tight window throws and not giving him the easy stuff because he really can't complete the others. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I mean, the Lions under Aaron Glenn, their new defensive coordinator, they've done a pretty decent job for the material that they have. But they've lost, you know, they're 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 They've lost three of their top four corners. Mm-hmm. They've lost Romeo Quara, their best pass rusher. Uh, you know, Jamie Collins, they thought would be a stabilizer at linebacker. They had to cut him because he's just, his effort was terrible. And it's been rough. It just, you know, it's, it's just, it's an 0 17 for a reason. 
But the defense has been a pleasant surprise in terms of they're just not as bad as they were a year ago. They were really bad and and the worst in the league. So they're getting better. The, 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 some of the schemes have been better. There's been a lot of, you know, bend but don't break. I mean, it's not like the Stafford and the Rams put up a 40-burger on them last mm-hmm. week. But they just don't get enough pressure on the quarterback. I mean, you're just watching the Lions linebackers against Hurts. A guy like Derek Barnes, the rookie, who's getting more snaps. Can he run Hurts down on a third and 14 where Hurts is scrambling? They have a little bit more speed at linebacker this year than they've had in the past, but they're still they're still a ways away defensively. And uh, but again, good effort, Dan Campbell. They're playing for him. They're playing for Aaron Glenn. Yep. Special teams under Dave Phipp, the former Eagles special teams coach. He's been fantastic. Not sure he'll be there Sunday because he has COVID. Um, but the special teams has been a nice surprise too. Yeah, Matt, I feel like, I mean, that's the one thing, although they're 0-7, I personally loved seeing the fight the Lions had, especially against the Rams last week. I feel like they really threw the kitchen sink at them, right, with the fake punt and uh, the different trickery they tried to get a win against a clearly superior Rams team. That's the one thing I feel like the Lions have with Dan Campbell right now is this team is fighting for him, and I feel like that's going to be interesting to watch with the Eagles. You heard Fletcher Cox, you know, speak against the defensive coordinator. One thing you say what you will about Doug Peterson, but in 2018 and 2019, when things were going bad at the end of the year, this team went back into a corner, fought for their head coach and pulled off playoff appearances and back-to-back years when they really shouldn't have. And you see Detroit, they have that fight for their head coach too. Now I want to see, although they're two and five and you're not likely to make the playoffs this year, I do want to see if that fight is going to be there with the Eagles like it has in the past. And if they'll play for Nick Sirianni and Jonathan Gannon, like they played for Doug Peterson and Jim Schwartz. Yeah. You know, obviously we got to wrap up here, Louie. I'll say this. I'll say this. I really think the lions and I'm not going to guarantee it. I I said the lions were going to beat uh, the bears earlier this year. And I look like an idiot doing it, (laughs) but I think the lions have a shot. I really do. I, I think if there's a game they're going to win going into the bye week, it's this one. I mean, Billy is stumbling. Guys are griping. Uh, Lions seem to fit kind of offensively what the Eagles are going to give them. So, yeah, I mean, they are playing for Campbell. And they got excited last week against the Rams when they had a, an actual lead in the third and fourth quarters. And uh, you know, the, 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 the fake punts and the onside kicks, you see the sideline into it. This is not, a, not an 0-7 where it's the, the sky's falling. It's the first year of a rebuild with a head coach that is a six-year contract. He's not going anywhere. But again, did it have enough talent? And you mentioned Smith and Quez and some of these guys. You know, Goddard's pretty good. I, that, that could be tough. But I, mm-hmm. I think the Lions have a shot this weekend. I mean, do, do, you, do you honestly see the Eagles maybe losing this game? And what would they do in Philly if that happened? Yeah, I think, honestly, the it's going to be a toss-up to me. The Eagles are favored right now, but I don't think the Eagles are this clearly superior opponent to Detroit that we should be expecting a convincing win. Even if they win this game, I don't think it's going to be in blowout fashion. I don't know if the Eagles are capable of winning in blowout fashion. And the Lions, have uh, they've had their number recently. The last three matchups, they've won um, in pretty convincing fashion. So the Eagles are favored in this one, Matt, but I think it's going to be a close matchup in Detroit on Sunday. And who knows? I feel like the reaction... You know, based on the positions of these teams right now, fans might be happier with a loss. I mean, when you want to talk tank theory based on draft position, because if the Eagles lose this game, they're only one game behind Detroit for the top pick. Louis DiBiase locked on Eagles. Matt Derry locked on Lions. Awesome crossover, Louis. Thanks so much, buddy. Thanks, Matt. We'll see you Sunday, everybody.